This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Let you free has to do with like you are in a situation and you are set free. Make you free means that you are free forever. You become a free person. The truth is the greatest deliverance that can be administered to a man or a woman. Hallelujah. The truth is a great, for instance, supposed to be a very, this kind of deep service, right? If a person comes and she says, I always see things in my dream. If you meet an anointed person, and he prays for you. He can speak to that thing appearing to you to stop tormenting you. What will happen is exactly what Jesus said. That when the evil spirit left the man, he went about seeking. Then the spirit came back. And he found the house well swept. And then he brought several more wicked spirits. Once somebody rebukes something on your behalf, a minister prays for you, there is a tendency that after a while, it might take a long time, Satan tries to come back because he feels that somebody did it for you, you did not do it for yourself. Of course, not in all cases. There are cases where the anointing can set free a person permanently. But many times, it comes back to check you out and we will go deeper next week Sunday in some of these things because I don't know why he's asking me to start from the areas of deliverance and why how people allow spirits to influence their lives. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there will be an attempt to come back. Even if you rebook spirits yourself, they will try to come back. I have told you before that demons have accommodation problem. Like Lagosians. <laughs> so they don't like to be dislodged. They like to stay. And when they are operating in life, they like to stay there quietly. In some cases, when the anointing is steered, people are delivered. People are healed. People are transformed. Not all sicknesses are spiritual. Everyone ultimately is from Satan. But if you run around and you hit your head, you might develop headache. That is not really spiritual. But how you will know is that when a person begins to get sick repeatedly and medicine cannot help, that might be beyond ordinary. I get what I'm saying. The one that is rooted on the physical plane will likely be taken care of by physical means. So they give the person the medication or injection and then it gets well. But when all known things are failed, then there is something deeper. Or when over and over and over again a person begins to get sick, it is called spirit of infirmity. If it is not stopped, it's pulling the person gradually to the grave. And demons don't stop by themselves. They have to stop them. So when the 
The anointing is there when worship, when you pray, or when the word of God is being shared. The highest is when the word of God is being shared. There is power in God's word, and Satan does not like the word of God. Now, when the three are combined together better, worship, prayer, and word. Now, when that is happening, the Lord can go straight, or the angels around and minister to somebody. But in some other cases, the Lord doesn't just deliver the person. He wants the person to know the reason for the bondage. Because in some cases, so this is where people have come up with the idea of asking demons questions. Jesus only did that once. Other times, come out, out, out. But in this particular situation, when he was dealing with the, man, the guy that had legions, that is between six and 12,000 demons inside one. They were maximizing their accommodation. They stayed there. One was staying in the kitchen compartment of the man's spirits. One was staying in the band. They were all there. Now, I don't know whether it was Mark version or Luke that paints the picture better. If you read at the surface, you will not understand, but by the spirit, Jesus appeared to Kenneth again and explained to him what happened that day. When he saw the madman of Gadra, Jesus said, come out. And the spirit did not come out. Straight away, Jesus knew that he was dealing with more than one spirit. So it was that man, Jesus said that, how many are you? And the guy said, we are legion for we are many. Now, it was one spirit that was speaking on behalf of the remaining 6,000. Then Jesus, so the Bible said the spirit started begging Jesus, don't send us out. Send us into the swine. And Jesus said, go. So Jesus explained to Papa again that if we were there that day, you wouldn't hear. Now, the Bible said one of the demons was speaking first. All of a sudden, all the demons were begging Jesus. So it is called the signing of the Spirit. Ability to hear into the spirit realm. The 12 disciples were just hearing one man saying, we are not coming out. But Jesus heard all the 6,000 demons begging him together. Sometimes, that was also why on one occasion, Jesus asked the boy, I've been referring to that story a lot in the church, in Matthew 17. And then I think it's also the Mark version that gives a more a detailed picture. When Jesus saw the boy, and the father of the boy said that this is my son, has been very sick. So many Christians are being afflicted beyond what you can think of. And the reason for it is that the truth about redemption is not yet known to many. So they are not free. Anyway, that's the reason for all the first Sundays this month. All the four, all, every first service. So there are the first services. Every first service this month. The next one. So we just move one step at a time. So, hallelujah. Amen. So the father said that, I brought him to your disciples. You can project that scripture, but they could not heal him. Matthew 17, or maybe you should give me the Mark version. I think Mark 9, 9 or Luke 9, one, anyone somewhere there. He said they could not cast him out. So Jesus told the boy to come. And then the boy began to foam in his mouth. Then Jesus asked the father, 
again, the only time he asked about the origin or the length, he said, how long has this been? And the father said that from when he was young. Now, I explained something one time. If you were looking at it at the surface, what the boy was manifesting was epilepsy. Seizures. But I'm sure they were shocked. Even though the father mentioned that the boy had deaf and dumb spirit, someone must have told the father that what is wrong with your son is not really epilepsy. In the natural realm, men will say that your son is having epilepsy, but from the eye of the spirit, your son is suffering from deaf and dumb spirits. Demons are experts in masquerading so that all the lives of the people, they will spend time rebuking epilepsy without knowing. So I will explain to what must have happened. How long ago since this came on him and he said of a child. Next verse. And they brought him and when they saw him straight away, the spirit tear him. No, okay, oftentimes they cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion. Go back to, let's start from verse 20. Actually, I intended to talk about something yesterday, but maybe we can start with this. Let's start from verse 18. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. All your life, you and your family, you live as free people. In Jesus' name. No yoke, no bondage. Hmm. That's why men slept the enemy. Once something is pushed beyond where God expects it to be, you should begin to suspect the enemy. When people get married, they are supposed to be fruitful. The Almighty God declared that. That when man and woman come together in marriage, so once that is not happening, something is else is happening. At certain age, a man should marry a woman. Should marry. What's something else? Something's happening. Are we saying, Nancy, in all cases, there's a spirit? Maybe not all. But in many cases, there is a reason for the delay. Hallelujah. Okay. So, I want to start from where the father started. Let's start from 16. All of them are looking like where to start from. Hallelujah. Yeah, verse 17. Hey, hey, which one now? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which are the dumb spirits. That's why I said, somebody must have told that man that, see, what's wrong with this boy? It's not epilepsy. It's called now dumb spirits. Next verse. Wheresoever I take it, him, it tears him, and foments and gnash with mouth and pine away. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Next verse. He answered and said, for Jesus started with disciples, guys, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Thank God for the audacity of Jesus. He said, we don't need to explain. Can I see the boy? Now, next verse. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him straight away, Satan was trying to intimidate Jesus. 
You can come for healing meeting on your way to that service, you become more sick. Some will turn back, mistake. When Jesus said, can I see the boy? As the boy was coming and he saw Jesus, the situation just went to another level. But the master was like, that is just a trick. He fell to the ground, wallowing for me. Now, next verse. And he asked the father, how long? And he said, of a child. Now, next verse. Oftentimes, he cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. Now, death and dumb spirit, they don't do that to a person. The fact that a person is dumb does not mean he starts jumping into fire and water. It's epilepsy that can do this because it catches people when they are not ready. When I was growing up, there was a very beautiful lady, elderly person that had epilepsy. Many times, it used to catch her in the markets. Demons are wicked. They enjoy embarrassing people. She was staying very close. I, can I can't remember any time when I told that the seizure ever happened. The three or four times that they brought her home, it happened. Three out of four market, the last one in a school. It was an institution then. In public, not even in a room in the school. This is the wickedness of Satan. Bible says, for this God, the son of man, was made manifest that he might destroy the work of Satan. If there is any work of Satan here this morning, by the anointing of the Spirit, it is destroyed. Amen. You are not going to go by the same person. Amen. He said, if we can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Next verse. Jesus said, if you can believe, I won't go much in that the father pushed responsibility to Jesus. Help us if we can do something. Jesus pushed it back to the man. It's not if I can do something. It is if you can believe. Next verse. The father of the boy did what many will have to do. When I get to that point, maybe next week or per week. He cried and he said, with tears. How do we dissolve unbelief? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. This, this thing, you can only be helped in this dimension, the place of intercession. Lord, I believe. I am afraid of promotion in the office. Will I be pro Can God cause them to promote me? Yes. Will I be promoted? Ah. Ah. Can God take away this disease? Yes. But am I sure that if I go to the doctor tomorrow and they test me, they will say that this is no more there? I know God can do it, but will he do it? That's what the man is saying. He said, Lord, I believe. As I'm looking at you, I know that with two all things are possible, but there is still unbelief inside. I have all my life observed this boy as a lunatic. I am not sure that I will go back home with this boy 100% healthy. Anytime you are trying to walk in the realm of faith, doubt will try to catch you. So Jesus did something. Next verse. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw people, the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, now this is where the leading of the spirit is important. 
His words were very direct. Thou dumb and deaf spirits, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more. In this case, the spirit will never return. Because Jesus did not only cast it out by power. After casting it, he gave an order. Come out of him and enter no more. And the words of the master cannot fall to the ground. If that spirit saw that boy any other time, he will say that embargo has been laid on. We cannot enter this boy. But he can enter someone else. Jesus said that on purpose. Remember, he ministered to somebody. And he told that one that do not sin anymore. Otherwise, something worse will come on you. So Jesus told that one that you, I have set you free. But your lifestyle can attract the bondage again. But in the case of this boy, he didn't see anything about his lifestyle. He gave an injunction. Come out and enter no more. Whatsoever the Lord lifts you up out of, in the name of Jesus, you will never return to any of us. Are you following me? So, personally, I believe Maybe the disciples said, when they saw the boy foaming in his mouth and it was epilepsy, they said, epilepsy come out. But Jesus knew by the spirit that leave epilepsy alone. Address another spirit. Now, that means both epileptic spirit and deaf and dumb spirit were occupying this boy. When people have more than one spirit at work in there, there is a principal demon. There is the host and there is the floater. Many times in the wickedness of Satan, it is the manifestation of the floater that you see. It is the manifestation of the one that is, what's the name today? What's the only one name? Squatter. The one that is squatting with the main one. That is the activity that you see and that is the spirit you try to deal with. But you don't know that the main guy is not that one. But when you by the spirit know the main guy, when you command it to go, all other guys will follow him. Did you get that? Yes, sir. The boy got up without epilepsy again and at the same time, deaf and dumb, he was killed of it. But Jesus never spoke about epilepsy. He just said, you deaf, I recognize the main spirit in there. You deaf and dumb spirit, come out. Can a believer look at his family and command whatever spirits operating that is not of God? Yes. But there are steps. The steps are not 100 days of this or that. It's just one thing. Thou shalt know the truth. So I want to start something today. Romans chapter 8. Let's read. Are you with me? So the title of today's message is The Law of the Spirit. So we are going to go to some laws. But today I'm starting with one law of the Spirit. What is a law? What holds true every time, everywhere. 
So you have the law of gravity. And I talk a lot about that in when people are getting married in this church. The law of gravity demands that whatever goes up will come down. So whether you are in Nigeria, if you throw up your phone, it will come down. Even if you are in the most demonic village, when you throw up your phone, it does not hang there. When you go to Paris, if you throw up your phone, it will come down. When you go to Georgia, you throw up your phone, it will come down. Because of what is called the law of gravity. So number one characteristic of a law is that a law holds true everywhere. Number two, law holds true not only everywhere, but also every time, number two. So if you throw up the phone in the morning, it will come down. If you throw up your shoe in the evening, it will come down also. It's all true everywhere, one. Number two, every time. Number three, one of the characteristics of law again, it holds true regardless of the person operating needs. So if the greatest terrorist on earth throws up his phone, it will come down. If the holiest man on earth throws up his phone, gravity will not say that, ah, this one is a terrorist. When you throw up your phone, it will hang so that you won't be able to dial your remaining terrorists again. It doesn't work like that. And the law of gravity does not. This is a very good man. When he throws up the phone, we will seize the phone. So it's all true everywhere, every time, regardless of the third one, personalities, everybody. Is that true? Praise the Lord. So when you hear, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, for most of the Bible, if you are using a physical Bible, if your Bible is not on your phone, and if your Bible is the real Bible, most likely this part that who walk not after the spirit, after the flesh, after the spirit is italicized. It means that it was not part of the original manuscripts. They put it there just to let people know that, well, what the Bible is saying is that there is therefore no connection, does not mean you do anything. It means that for those who walk not in the flesh, but originally the Bible did actually say so. But it's a good help anyway. Are you with me? Because it's true anyway. No, verse 2 is where we are going. This is the reason why there is no condemnation. That word condemnation is so big. It is the reason. It's from me that guilt comes from. Depression comes from. Maybe we'll step in the next week. Remember Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to pray that. The Bible said that to appoint those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. They don't exist together. In your life per time, either there is beauty or there is ashes. Garment of praise instead of spirit of heaviness. Anytime you are heavy, it's a spirit. It means that you are pulled up the garment of praise. Those who wear garment of praise cannot be called by spirit of heaviness. You will think some people are bragging when they say that they are never heavy. Heaviness, it's not that they are bragging. There is a garment they are wearing that makes it impossible for the spirit of heaviness to catch them. 
When the spirit of heaviness comes, all things will look gloom. Listen, and one of the sessions we get to this, God works from inside out. And Satan also. A man will receive nothing on the outside until the first of all catches you on the inside. The greatest attacks, they start from inside. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So, garment of praise instead of spirit of heaviness. But go back to the last scripture we're looking at and just stay there. Romans 8. So, condemnation, that's where guilt, that's where heaviness, that's where discouragement, that's where they come from. So, the Bible says there is no condemnation. Those who are in Christ and in game, they reason. There is therefore now of course, it's a spillover from chapter 7. But verse 2 says, this is the reason why there's no condemnation. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law. So there are two laws. There is a law called the law of the spirit of life. It leads to life. It brings into life. It makes your spirit to be bubbling. And there is what is called the law of sin and death. Law of spirit of life. Law of sin, of death, of sin and death. Here is what happens. If you are not operating the law of life, spirit of life, the law of sin and death will catch you automatically. It's like the case of aeroplane. Why the aeroplane defies the law of gravity is because it operates another law called law of lift. Is that, are you with me? So that means in the midst of a law, when another law is enacted, so for instance, they can say that police should stop and search. Even that happens in America, maybe somewhere I've seen some movies, but there are certain guys, maybe they say he's a diplomat. It carries a particular kind of identity. Police will not search him. The law says search. But they say, I am Lord that search others. But this one is operating another law that says he must not be searched. Everybody is subject to Nigerian laws. Except ambassadors here. Do you know that if you run into American embassy here, Nigerian police cannot catch you anymore. According to the law, American embassy is in Nigeria, but American embassy is not of Nigeria. Nigerian embassy is supposed to be there also in UK. The other day we passed through the front time. We just, uh, Paul Joshua started saying, I look at the embassy. It looks like, let's, and it was just like, so in my heart, I was just like, I'm sure if they run inside this one, they will catch you. Because we messed up our name everywhere. But normally, once a person gets to an embassy, you cannot. And if you want to know how strong this can be, it's a serious thing. Now, many of, some of you have seen the film called Blue Streak. I don't know if you have seen it by... Sorry. It's a very old movie. Long and short, at the end of the day, the imposter that was pretending to be a police in America, who was actually... So, so okay, how can I say it in one minute? Some things were to rob somewhere, and why they were, they were went to steal diamond, and why they were running away, ran into a building, 
and police, they were about to catch us. One of them hid his own diamond very inside somebody in that building, and he came out and they arrested him. We hope that, well, they shall release me one day. I'll come back and take my diamond. They released him shortly after that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe two or three years. But by the time he came out, they had built police headquarters on top of that place. So he had to fold the badge of a police and everything to come in. So it was supposed to be a deal operation. Anyway, put the thing. And I was supposed to just come in as a police before they would show you falsified documents. So before they would look at it, I would have picked my thing and then I would walk. I just, all I need is a badge to be able to enter that building. He entered the building, but it turned out to be, he became an hero. Because, you know, only a thief can catch a thief. Know the step. He came in at the time when the thief that was arrested was trying to run away. And then somehow he helped them get the guy. And then they brought him to the other guy. And then the airport just started like, this guy is good. And then one day somebody stole something was his friend. And in America, they had to negotiate with terrorists. And he went there to meet that guy. And he spoke to the guy and said, look, they are looking at you. They will kill you, but I don't want them to kill you. Just give me your gun. Let me do it. And that one day, that the news went around. He went to meet a robber with a gun. He persuaded the robber. Robber submitted the gun. You know, it was his party. And things started happening like that. They were just promoting him. When he nearly picked the diamond, a case happened. Some people went to break into something. And then he knew that when they write a particular something on the bus, he, mean, he just started getting more and more stars. But then his focus was changing. Well, last, last, he got his diamond, but he got it when, you know, America and Mexico, there is a border. And the border, I think a friend of mine, I haven't been to that extreme there before. It's written like this line. They put America and Mexico here. Once you cross like this, you are in Mexico. The law does not apply. So he chased the guy to collect the diamond, and when he was coming back, they truth that they got him to know in the office that he was just lying and everything. So I waited to arrest him. But the funny thing was I stopped here. So he went to Mexico. He was coming back. American police were here. They shook him. They hugged him. But he stood there. They stood there. And one of them told him that the truth has been known. He said, but you know, we can't arrest you. He said, why? He said, you are in Mexico. We are here. Even the guy looked down. Sure? He said, you mean you can't arrest me? He danced well. Come on. <laughs> then one of them wanted to hug him. Then he said, oh, you can hug and pull me over <laughs> He just said, no, no, let's just stay. And they were talking. Police, all of them, only him on this side. And they were talking, no demand other than a line on the floor. But they could not arrest him. I trust our police here. <laughs> when we drag you away, <laughs> they must obey the law. So even as others one said that the only way is that, wait, we know you will come back. When you come back, we get to know, then we arrest you. He said, but we cannot do anything. We must not operate beyond this line. Jurisdiction. So the Bible says, now those are laws. Laws. So the Bible said, the law of the spirit of life has made me free. The law of sin and death is the law of cause and effect. It is the law that ensures thou that done something wrong, you must be a partaker of it. It is the law that causes your mistakes to catch up with it. You have sown a wrong seed. You must reap a wrong harvest. Satan uses that law 
to get people to pay for their iniquities and pay for the iniquities. If you hear anything that they call out their transgenerational causes, uh, family patterns, everything, the demon operating that is operating under the law of sin and death as a legal opportunity to penalize people. And he has right to do so until somebody, hallelujah, shows up with a higher law, the law of the spirit of life. Glory to God. All of a sudden, your case becomes like that of the embassy in another country that they cannot come in no matter what because even though you are in their country, but you are not subject to any of their laws in that place. Hallelujah. Do you get what I've just said now? So, what are the laws of the spirits? In life, these two options are always before everybody. When Moses came up with the law, Exodus 28, sorry, Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses were the blessings. The causes are always bigger than the blessing. So verse 1 to 14, blessings. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice, it shall come to pass that the Lord thy God are the only blessed for 14 verses. But from verse 15 to 50-something or so, one cause after the other. And I saw there that one of the causes, fever. One of the causes that when you love a lady, someone else will marry her. <laughs> When we are breaking up with you too many times, check the law. He said, thou shalt marry a wife, another shall sleep with her. It's one of the laws. All kinds of terrible things written in that law. Till the last verse. And he went on and went on. Thou shalt betray a wife, another shall lie with her. <laughs> thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. You see, if you labor to meet a sister, you labor to meet her, you spend so much going to visit and everything, and at the end of the day, she says it's your friend she loves. Check your life. And vice versa, the same thing. You are the one the guy is coming to visit, a brother. But getting to your house, it is your cousin is liking, or your roommates. You need prayers. My husband just had to lay hands on you. Are you following me? Yes, sir. <laughs> the causes are many, but the blessings are just 14 verses. There are laws of the spirits. And the first one I want us to look at, and the only one today Romans chapter 10. Is somebody being helped uh, this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. You know, I like this first service. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, oh, praise of him. 
so do I give you praise for you are I right just there worship you almighty God there is no lie lay your hands on your head I speak in the name of Jesus to your being anything planted in your body or in your soul that is not of God. Command it. Now you are not praying to God right now. You are using the name of Jesus. You are addressing that thing. Say whatsoever is operating. Right on your seat. Some of you will feel the power of God straight away. If you want to stand, you can stand. If it will make more meaning to you by standing, please stand. Whatever is operating here <laughs> in this body or in my soul that is not of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth get out and enter no more when you make that degree begin to pray in tongues something is happening I see a mental situation being taken care of. You are just always disturbed mentally. I see stress going. Stress going. Confusion going. Confusion going. In Jesus' name. Let's just finish this way. Romans 10. Thank you. you. Can have your seat. Thank you. Bali I want to start from around verse eight. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Next verse. If thou shalt confess. With thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is one of the laws of the spirits. Mm. Next verse. For with the mouth, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth, now where is this law emphasized? Now, this is Apostle Paul talking. 
out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Paul is saying that if you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth, you shall be saved. He's not talking about salvation only. This is one of the laws of the spirit that holds true at all times. What the Bible is letting you know is that in as much as anywhere in the world, once somebody confesses Jesus as Lord, he believes in his heart, Jesus, and he confesses, he is saved. The Bible is telling you that the same thing applies to any other thing you want to get in life. Once you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, it will be so. Mark eleven twenty three, And this is where I'm stopping today. So before Paul, Jesus talked about this law. And Jesus painted the picture more clearly. Yeah. Mark eleven twenty three. Anytime Jesus, and every time when he was on earth, when he said verily, he meant something big. Jesus said many words without putting verily. But when he wanted to talk about being born again, to show that what I just said earlier, that if you believe you have to confess, thou shall be saved. The Bible is telling you that if people confess and they believe, and they go back to their seat and they say they are born again, you can on the same note believe that whatever you believe and confess, you will receive straight away. So Jesus is using the word he started salvation with. He said, very, very, I said, to accept a man be born again. One of the few times you use the word verily, verily. Now, this is the next time. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, mm, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. This is where the problem is. Anybody can say anything. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have. What's the next word there? Everybody say it. What's mean or whatsoever? I know a brother. And it's actually our, our firstborn. I'm the last guy. The second guy was in a relationship from 300 level in UI. One of the longest relationship, and got married eventually to the lady. They were the ones I went to preach for in UK like three weeks ago. Our firstborn was went to uni like, but myself, my brother, the second one went to UI. All the while, our firstborn was never known to be in a relationship. When my second, our second one finally brought the lady to my show, my parents, and they fixed their wedding for December that year. Our firstborn just came to the room one day. He just took a biro and he marked a date in calendar, on calendar, November 11. He said, that's the day I'm getting married. And he told my bro, younger brother, he told the, young, the second one, he said, so the, the family, you're going to be the family of your uh, girlfriend. You have started your wedding arrangement. I don't even have a girlfriend now. But I'm getting married one month before you. Your own is December 10. He said, my own is November 11. He cycled the date and he went to sleep. You know, that was around February, March, April. By November 11th, he was married. And the second one got married December. So my two brothers married one month apart. But one had a relationship of seven years or eight. One had no relationship that time. He just came in and marked a date on calendar. And they are both happily married. 
Whosoever shall say, Kandroku zezista lavaya, Reskele mandoku say, and shall not doubt in his heart. What can you say that you will not doubt? Sometimes people mention an amount when they make it like this. As they are mentioning their acts already contradicting that amount. Uh, boy, a lady might go out now, so mark a date on your calendar. And if, as you are marking it, your conscience is marking you. That is that no. If you say something and your heart refutes it, what do you do? Next Sunday. Let's start. I am going to show you some tools that God has given us, but we play with them. We don't know why we do some things in Christianity. Ah. Hey. <laughs> do you know? Ah, Lord Jesus. Sir, do you know the Bible says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. What's the next part? What is meaning of every tongue? Do you know until today, many of you have thought that those tongues, God was talking about people opposed. Yes, plus your own tongue. Once you are going for something, what is challenging can be from outside or from your own acts. That, but the Bible said that every tongue that is against you, some still quoted in this way that shall be condemned. The Bible said, thou shalt condemn. So, I can do something about if I say before December, this one shop will become 16 shop and my heart is sabotaging what I'm saying. And Jesus said that my heart must agree. There is a way I can condemn my heart. And make my heart believe what I'm saying. That is what next Sunday is all about. There is a fight that goes on inside. Until your heart aligns with what you are saying. God has given us tools to work with. They can help us change. Don't miss first service next week. Because this is exactly where I'm starting from. Thank you Lord Jesus. This is rather strange. Somebody is going for surgery, and I'm glad to tell you that it's going to be a very successful one. It's a very successful. The Lord can heal without surgery, but the Lord can also heal with surgery. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. If there is any part of your body, especially an organ that is beginning to get weaker and weaker and you are concerned, put your hand there right now. If all I say is Jesus, 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 that's more than enough. A growth that looks like goiter, treading this particular sister here, is just taking care of now. 
You are not coming down with goiter. You are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Every man here who comes up with ideas and innovations, but they don't always accept them from you. Proposals that you make, you work out on something, you try to market it, it doesn't go through. Get ready, that is changing right now. As a matter of fact, the Lord will pay you for all the ones rejected in the past. Compensation. That is the word I'm saying, compensation. Let the hand of Jesus Christ, the healer, rest on all organs and on everybody here. Be restored back to perfect health. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.